0: Listeners, quick note here before you listen to this great episode about Frasier. At one point in the episode, I make reference to the fact that I am writing a book about Fraser, and I should have said I am co-authoring a book about Fraser. I think in the context, it made sense because I am, you know, doing writing on Fraser, and that's what I was referring to. But I did not mention my sister, Kate, who is my co-author. And that was a bit of neglect I would hear about (laughs) if it went unmentioned. So please know when that book comes out. I'm only a co-author. Thank you. And this causes even more fur. Uh, fur. That's a hard word to say. Furer. Fur oh, fur. I'm going to change that word. I, I don't think it's furer. fur-er. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. no, that's fur-er. not my <laughs> it's, it's, uh, furer. It's furer. Fur. Wait, wait. Let me read it. F-U-R-O-R. fur or furer. Jim, do you have any? I'm I I with a you guys. I, yeah, something eight, eight. Fur. it's, it's a, a word I read. Eight, it causes, I really say It, out loud. it, it yeah. causes a furor. Okay, a furor. Gonna, <laughs> that's
1: what I just said. You said no. You <laughs> said that it's mine. Furor. I just said furor. <laughs> All
0: right, I'm going to scratch it and furor. say a different word. Oh, a furor. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> that's, that's a good cut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, there's your outtake for the end. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
1: Everyone, welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character and a great story. I'm Todd Mack. And I'm Joseph Dorowski. And tonight we're joined by a special new guest, Jim Muck. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) We're very glad to have you, Jim. So, Jim, uh, will you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Sure. Sure. I am a professor in marriage, family, and human development here at Southern Utah University. And I'm also a licensed marriage and family therapist. So, I. Study relationships. I talk about relationships um, a lot of that sort of thing.
1: So you're perfect for this episode. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> awesome. Welcome. I uh, I met Jim because our offices were right next to each other for That's some right. twist of fate. Put my <laughs> my office in the middle of the Department of Psychology. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think well, they I wanted. I think they wanted to keep like close tabs on me. <laughs> but uh, so Mock and Mac were. By joining offices. Jim Mock and Todd Mack right yeah. next to each
2: other. Yeah. Next
1: to each
0: yeah. other. Uh-huh. So Jim, my, uh, my wife, her PhD is in psychology and I just want to know, um, do you get the instant reaction from everyone who learns that you're a psychologist where they say some variation of, are you analyzing me right now?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or are you analyzing my marriage right now? <laughs> you know, it's, it's almost like you have to turn it off at times. I mean, normally I'm not thinking of it. And oh, so- I know,
0: my, my wife, I mean, she's not in analytical psychology, but she's never, sure. like, it's just the instant reaction, though, Anytime anyone hears what she does, they oh, yeah, you know, what her degree is in. They're or do they just start telling little, you all their problems? Can... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened to Emily. <laughs> yeah, that happens, too. Yep, yep.
1: All right, well, uh, tonight we're going to be talking about Niles Crane from the television sitcom Frasier, with an S. We're... We're talking about the, uh, the episodes Are You Being Served, which is the 22nd episode of the fourth season, which was written by William Lucas Walker and directed by Gordon Hunt. And Murder Most Maris, the eighth episode of the 11th season, which was written by Sam Johnson and directed by Scott Ellis. Uh, and Niles Crane is played by David Hyde Pierce. Brilliant. Brilliant actor. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, today's <laughs> podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, and you can get a free audiobook download and thirty-day free trial at audibletrial.com/slash/protagonists. Over one hundred eighty thousand titles await you there. So, some trivia about Frasier and particularly uh Niles. Um Frasier the TV series is generally considered the most successful spin-off in television history. Uh the character Frasier Crane had been a regular on Cheers for 9 years and then mm-hmm. Frasier ran for 11 seasons. And it has the record for most consecutive wins of the Best Comedy Series Emmy Award, though that record has been tied by Modern Family. And just a side note, the creators of Modern Family were writers and producers on Frasier. Frasier. So very (laughs) successful group there. Wow. Yeah, Uh, the character of Niles was not in the initial pitch for the series, but a casting director held up a headshot of David Hyde Pierce and said, doesn't this guy look like he could be Kelsey Grammer's brother? Kelsey Grammer (laughs) plays (laughs) Frazier, And so uh, the creators agreed that he looked like he could be Frasier's brother, and they added a brother character to the script. Mm -hmm. And David Hyde Pierce, who plays Niles, was nominated for Best Supporting Actor all 11 seasons, which Frasier was on the air, and he won four
1: times. That's amazing. I have to say winning four seems low, actually. I'm guessing that you could probably go on with trivia.
0: I I could. Uh, (laughs) It's been mentioned a couple times on this, but I am uh, literally writing the book on Frasier. (laughs) right now a manuscript due in a few months to a publisher so i've been quite immersed in fraser and there could be more but i'm gonna try and halt it right there
1: that's nice because uh, i will offer uh, a counterpoint to your (laughs) being immersed in fraser uh today i watched the first two full episodes of fraser i think i've ever watched (laughs) in my entire life (laughs) so uh i'm excited i may have seen one episode with you sometime in high school but, it's possible. Uh, but I this is, in, in as far as I can remember, the first time I've ever sat down and watched all the way through, and I thought it was very yeah. funny. All right. Well, Jim, how did you come to Frasier? You know,
2: um, my I remember my stepdad, he would watch Cheers when I was in high school, and I did watch a little bit of Cheers back then. And, you know, I don't know if I thought much of that character at that time, um, but then by the time I started college, I think it was probably about the fourth season of Frasier, somewhere, summer therein where it just, I don't know. I just kind of got into it. Um, and then by what, the seventh season, I was married at that point, And that's like a great season, by the way, that's when Niles and Daphne get together. I think I was just bought into it full swing, you know, and, and finished it to the end, you know, as it aired. So...
0: Yeah. I, uh, I probably started watching it some here and there in high school. Uh, mm-hmm. but I don't think I really started seeing the whole thing till it was out on DVD and I got the first season and thoroughly enjoyed it then. Um, let's see. So Todd, you said this was your first time ever watching any, any two episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, right, well, it was. Well, I actually,
1: um, I was surprised when I found out that, uh, that this was a spinoff from Cheers. No? Okay. Mm -hmm. Which I actually, actually think I actually have seen some episodes of
0: Cheers. I had never really watched any Cheers at all before I was watching. Like, I'd seen every episode of Frasier before I saw a single full episode of Cheers, I think. I have since, wow. you know, since I, I was working on this book, I, I've seen all of Cheers because mm-hmm. I don't need to see Frasier's development. But it is really surprising how much it is just Frasier is there from the very first episode of Cheers from, that he's in in the, in the 1980s. Wow. sure, uh, yeah. Like, he appears, and it's just, they, they, it is Frasier Crane. It's not like there's a huge shift in his character or anything like mm-hmm.
2: that. Like maybe he loosens up just a little bit, you know. Um, yeah, but um, pretty much it's the same guy.
0: Yeah, and there's a quote from uh, from Kelsey Grammer where he says, "On Cheers, he got to do what he called, I think, drive-by comedy, where mm-hmm. like the show was really centered on Sam Malone, sure, and he was a side character that offered a lot of color and could fly by for for a joke. But but he said when he." when he became the main character on Frasier, he said he became what he viewed as the canvas and the other characters got to add the color. (laughs) Um, but he had to be more of the, the central glue. Uh, and and so he, like he's, there is some shift in like the tone and the storylines that he, he gets certainly from becoming a side character to the main character. Um, I guess real quick before we get into this, uh, for these particular episodes, maybe a a quick description of the five main characters on Frasier will be useful for, Knowing what's going on. So the series follows Fraser Crane, who um, in Cheers, he'd been living in Boston. And at the start of Fraser, he has just moved to Seattle after divorcing his wife from that series, um, Lilith, though Lilith does frequently appear mm-hmm. at, at least once per season, I think, on Fraser, <laughs> mm-hmm. or about once per season. Um and so he's he's newly single in Seattle. Uh but his his dad who was a cop has been was shot in the hip and um needs some more constant care. So uh he doesn't have a bachelor pad anymore. His dad moves in <laughs> They get a living. <laughs> therapist slash kind of housekeeper named Daphne Moon, who's an eccentric British woman. And then the other, uh, two core characters are Fraser in Seattle. He has a radio show and, um, his producer is named Roz and she's one of the main characters. And then there's the brother Niles, who is whom we're talking about today. And Niles is kind of like a slightly stuffier version of Frasier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Frasier and Niles are very upper class in their tastes, very um, elitist in, uh, the, in in all their style and everything that they do. And Martin is very, very blue collar. And that's a source of some of the conflict within the series. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I like how David Hyde Pierce said that um, Niles really is Frasier as if he had never gone to Boston. Like if he had never really kind of, Went out and experienced the world. You know, he's just still very uptight.
0: Yes. In the character. Yeah.
1: Um I'm going to raise my hand and ask a question here. Uh, yeah. What is uh, Niles a doctor of? Uh, Fraser
0: and Niles are both uh, psychologists. They're both psychologists. Okay. Well, yes. Or
1: psychiatrists. Or psychiatrists.
0: Like the the I should state. say. Sorry. Yeah. Psychiatrists. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, Fraser is a Freudian, and Niles is a Jungian.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bonus points. That's good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and uh fraser is a radio psychiatrist yeah, whereas, sure, yeah. whereas niles is a practicing yeah a a practicing private therapist, private practice, therapist, therapist yeah. yeah and uh just know like sibling rivalry all those things get amplified in various episodes <laughs> those differences <laughs> you think they're the same <laughs> and well and david hyde pierce said uh when he when he read the pilot so they i mean they kind of wrote the character of niles for him to play but he was reading the pilot and he thought um, Frasier and Niles are, are too similar. There's no way we're going to have anything to play off of for each other.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but this is one of those, I think, exercises where the, the exception is proving the rule because the, the rule in writing is you need um, conflict from differences mm-hmm. with the characters. But I think Frasier and Niles across 11 years showed that having a lot of similarities can still create friction between <laughs> characters. <laughs>
1: Okay, um, I can take a stab at a at a short synopsis of this, unless you want to do that, Jim.
2: No, you you go for it. You go for it.
1: Okay, so uh, you can both correct me if I'm wrong on on this, but uh, <laughs> in episode one, there's uh, this guy Niles, who is Fraser's brother, and he is married but separated from a woman uh, whose name is Maris, mm-hmm. uh, All right. who we <laughs> never go. see. Yes, let's go ahead and
0: say something about Maris. Uh, Often references the greatest no-see character in television history. Television does have a history of sitcoms, particularly having these characters that are always just off screen and get described and these things. Um, Maris is, I mean, often a pretty central character to the plots. (laughs) Uh (laughs) But she is never seen once in the entire series.
1: How close to being seen does she ever get?
0: I think the closest it to, like, proximity that you see, there's a few <laughs> scenes where, um, I, I think there's one where they're at a banquet and she's in the room with them and they describe what she's doing across the room. Okay.
2: <laughs> I, there's another one where I think you see, like, her shadow behind a shower curtain or, or something like really? that. Yeah. Or, okay. oh, I'm trying to okay. remember now.
0: It's kind of like, on Cheers, there was a no-see character, Norm's wife, yeah, who, who was always talking. Vera, and But she actually... <laughs> her body appeared on one episode. There's a food fight over a Thanksgiving dinner I table remember that. and she got hit in the face by a pumpkin pie. And an actress walked in with a pumpkin pie <laughs> over her face. And that's the only time you ever saw anything of Vera, <laughs> <laughs> but Maris never even gets that close.
1: Okay. So mm-hmm. meanwhile, back at the ranch, uh, Niles and, uh, Maris are separated and she uh, serves him with divorce papers and he has to decide what to do with that. Um, and he has a history of her kind of walking all over him. Is that fair enough for episode? Mm-hmm. Yep. The first episode? Oh yes. Yeah. Sure. Uh, the second episode is now much, much later. Uh, this is in the last season, in of the, the very show. last season mm-hmm. of the show, mm-hmm. uh, Niles and Daphne are now married and Daphne. So Daphne is this housekeeper the, 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 the eccentric Physi- British physical house, therapist. housekeeper, <laughs> don't and limit it. Just housekeeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She gets very, uh, touchy about that. Um, so she's, uh, they're married. She's pregnant. And Maris has been dating an Argentine uh, polo player Yes, uh, who has been murdered. And Maris is charged with the murder. Uh, it turns out that Niles uh, lent her that morning the <laughs> ancient crossbow. anti-crossbow. Yeah, the anti-crossbow yeah. anti- yeah, crossbow. <laughs> that was used uh, in the murder. And so now Niles is implicated in this and much uh, madness ensues. <laughs> How's that? Yes. Uh,
0: that was great. Yeah, I think it's good. worth, I was, I was just going to mention like uh, this series, uh, we, we already mentioned like Fraser kind of becomes the glue and the other side characters kind of get to do more drive-by and that's get to do more evolution. Um, Cause Fraser kind of stays central and, and a lot steadier. I mean, there's some evolution, but uh, it's not as much change happens to him and some of the other characters, but I'd say the two storylines that kind of run through 11 years of this show and where you see the most change happen is the relationship between Niles and Daphne and mm-hmm. uh, Frasier and Martin. Um, the father-son relationship there. Uh, At the start of the series, Niles is married to Maris, and it's pretty clear this isn't the happiest marriage (laughs) in in history. Um, But he openly... uh, Well, not openly, but he... uh, is instantly smitten with Daphne okay. and only Frazier and Martin ever know that he's smitten with her. Cause he, he'll never act on this. Um, but there's this long form, slow build of their relationship that goes across 11 years till in the, in the end, the, in the final episode, uh, they have the, their first child. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. What, and, in
1: what season do they get married?
0: Uh, well they get together in season seven. Okay. I think they're married in the series premiere of season eight. Okay. Right.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, and there, I mean, there's numerous ups and downs, uh, in this of Niles and Maris being separated and he's about to ask Daphne out, but then he and Maris get back together and Daphne's with someone else. And Daphne actually, uh, starts dating Niles' divorce lawyer, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> which just shatters Niles. <laughs> um, oh, so the, I think they do a really good job. And I think one of my favorite things about it is that when they do get together, it's not like it instantly works. Um, yes. like they deal with some of the issues of Niles has been in love with uh, Daphne for you know six years, and Daphne's just barely realizing her feelings, and there's an un- imbalance there that they demonstrate yeah. uh, in the show.
2: Yeah,
0: and then uh, Fraser and Martin in the when they first move in together, it's there's so much tension there, and the big finale is Martin's going to be moving out, and Fraser's thinking about moving on to a new chapter in his life, but they're they actually realize that they're really going to miss the routine that they've established. Whereas in the beginning they drove each other crazy and there was lots of talk about sending Martin off (laughs) to somewhere else. So those two decade long relationships, uh, like if you watch the show, I think those are the things to watch for.
1: Okay. Well, uh, before we move on, we'd like to remind you that you can support our show on Patreon. Uh, Some of you may be wondering, what is this Patreon thing that I hear of on this podcast? Uh, Well, one of the things that makes podcasts great is that they're free. But did you ever stop to wonder how it is that we can afford to create this awesome show every single week? Uh, if you aren't paying us for it, who is? Well, if you, if you aren't paying for it, nobody is. <laughs> uh, so whatever you don't help us pay for, we pay for ourselves, and that is not always easy, and that's where Patreon comes in. If you go to www.patreon.com protagonist, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com, uh, you will see that we receive $37 a month from 13 of our biggest fans. <laughs> That is enough to cover the cost of hosting a podcast uh, and for our website at protagonistpodcast.com. Our next goal is to build our audience with advertising, and let's be honest, a bit of profit for us would not be terrible.
0: Uh, We're not not there yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Our next uh, big dollar goal is $40 a month, and to reach that, we need three of you to pledge $1 a month or one of you to pledge $3 a month or better yet, $5 a month uh, (laughs) so you can request a show for us to do. Um, so if you if you uh, pledge five dollars a month, then you send us a note and let us know what you'd like to talk to us uh, like us to talk about, and we will. Uh, we also have a secondary goal of having each each of you listeners as Patreon as patrons. Uh, right now we have thirteen. We think that number could be twenty, maybe by the end of the month. So remember that if you donate any amount, you will get access to our special quick casts, which are thirty to forty minute uh, off the cuff podcasts on things like. Uh, star wars the force awakens so probably to, some pending superhero movie reactions uh, <laughs> so to donate uh, go to patreon.com protagonist and click on the big uh, become a patron button and with just a few more clicks you will be a monthly patron uh, giving us any dollar amount you want to uh, to per month it's a great way to help us out and please consider donating in fact go ahead and hit pause on the podcast right now and jot down a reminder to check out patreon.com protagonist the next time you sit down at your computer then come on back go ahead we'll wait okay ready Okay. And we're back. And, uh, now
0: let me, let me say, uh, this is the first time I'm teasing this, but now is a good time to get in at any dollar amount. We are plotting a promotional thing through our Patreon (laughs) that is not yet active, but, uh, those who are already patrons will have the best opportunity to capitalize on that. Those who are not yet patrons will also be able to capitalize on promotional opportunities. But uh, get in now, get in cheap.
1: That sounds (laughs) mysterious. I want to become a patron. If you want to pick a topic, Todd. (laughs) I feel like it's high time I did pick a topic. (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, we'll turn the time over to Joe now for the long – synopsis of this. Okay. So if you want to watch it uh, before it starts, it's available on Netflix. Um, All the DVD
0: sets are inexpensively available on Amazon. On Amazon? And you can purchase those through Amazon.com slash Patreon. Uh, no. Am- oh dear. What <laughs> oh, what's our Amazon link? Protagonist slash Amazon. <laughs> oh, protagonist slash Amazon. Uh, and if you do that, that helps us out as well. Another way you can help us besides the Patreon accounts. All right. So the season four episode are you being served? Fraser is using an excellent pun run on his radio show to bid goodbye to the station's Happy Chef. After signing off, he complains to his producer Roz that he loathes farewell parties because everyone always hugs, and he's not fond of unnecessary physical contact. On his way out, he's about to get away with just a handshake of uh, with the Happy Chef when Roz insists that they hug. <laughs> Uh, over coffee with Fraser, Niles Crane reveals that he believes he and his wife, Maris, who have been separated, are on the verge of reconciliation. While talking, <laughs> a messenger arrives and delivers Niles divorce papers that Maris has signed. <laughs> <laughs> Niles panics and tries to call Maris to beg her to take him back, but Fraser stops him. Fraser tries to remind Niles of why he separated from Maris in the first place, that he was unhappy, miserable, and tired of being ground under Mar- Maris's heel for 12 years. In Fraser's apartment, Daphne is trying to carry a box of junk out of the apartment when Martin returns unexpectedly. Martin looks in the box and is outraged that Daphne is carrying it out because it's all his stuff (laughs) that's in the box. Daphne says it's just junk and gadgets that he ordered but never uses, like the Steam Master 2000.
2: But Martin says
0: they're all great. (laughs) Can
1: I pause? Yeah. Do, do any of you have a box like that? Because I have two of them. <laughs> <laughs> there may be a box of
0: odds and ends that don't get as much use as they might. Oh, <laughs> when she gosh. pulled
1: out the remote control, I thought, oh, dang it. I have a box of old <laughs> remote control.
2: <laughs> I love it when yeah. you move from house to house and you realize, I still have not unpacked in the same box. <laughs> I yeah. know.
1: Yes. And yeah. then I realized that I am, uh, yes, indeed, a crotchety old man. <laughs> um. Uh,
0: Niles arrives at the apartment because he and Frasier are going to be going out to lunch in the box of junk. Fraser notices his mother's old research journal. Opening it up, he reads a report where uh, their mother is commenting that it is hard to imagine two male siblings more different than Fraser and Niles. Frasier is the more dominant one, while Niles is extremely passive. Frasier is nearly twice the size of Niles and steals Niles' food. <laughs> <laughs> what Niles lacks in assertiveness, he makes up for with an abnormally fussy grooming regimen. <laughs> uh, and, and she also notes that Frazier is extremely uncomfortable with touch and recoils from human contact. <laughs> Fraser says that this critique cuts close to the bone. Niles is reading on in the journal, and it says that Niles constantly allows himself to be cowed and dominated, especially by females. Fraser tells Niles not to be concerned about that, because he, when he refused to go groveling back to Maris, he broke that cycle. Fraser attempts to give Niles an awkward hug. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> for breaking the cycle. I love his hug. <laughs> Um, but then Niles admits that he sent the divorce papers back unsigned with a letter begging Maris to take him back. But he realizes that because it's Maris's spot A, he could go steal the letter back before she ever reads it. So Fraser and Niles go to Niles's old house with Niles commenting that he has always thought he'd make a first rate high society cat burglar.
2: <laughs> so Fraser <laughs>
0: notes that having a key to the door makes it much easier. <laughs> Uh, They find the letter, but they discover that Maris hasn't changed the locks, though she did change the guard dogs. (laughs) And the dogs are now barking madly at the door, and they're unable to exit until Niles recalls Maris' tranquilizer pills, (laughs) which they can put into meatballs and feed to the dogs. While waiting for the dogs to pass out, Niles sees that he has been painted out of a commissioned painting of him and
1: Maris. (laughs)
0: he's been turned into a tree. Uh, was it a tree? Was it a tree? Yeah. No. He's turned yeah. into a
1: tree and then, uh, she's painted his face onto a skunk. That's right. <laughs> uh,
0: and seeing this Niles notes that this entire room is a monument to his spinelessness. Each object was either offered as a peace offering to Maris or it is something that Maris wanted and Niles did not. Niles decides to sign the divorce papers and leaves them on the desk. Back at Fraser's apartment. Martin is showing off his hot and foamy shaving system to Daphne. You just plug <laughs> in and it gets hot and foamy) <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, oh. Frazier and Niles return, and Niles has a little bit of a panic attack that he has signed the divorce papers. And, you know, this is a huge change in his life that's looming. So Fraser <laughs> grabs their mother's journal to remind Niles of what personality weaknesses he is trying to correct. And Fraser reads, and I'm going to quote directly, Niles is incapable of asserting himself, especially in front of females. As I write this, he lies staring out the window, licking himself. <laughs> uh, and Fraser goes on, he's become so subservient lately that when he's finished grooming himself, he often begins licking Frasier <laughs> and Iles are just giving each other weird looks. I know. I love <laughs> that. It, I love that. <laughs> and then it says, April 14th, the day I've dreaded for weeks. Frasier died this morning. I never would have guessed that my heart could ache so over the death of my beloved lab rat. My only consolation is the knowledge that I will soon give birth to my first child. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> Frasier is disappointed to discover that he was named after a lab rat. <laughs> Niles is upset that he ended his marriage because of his mother's <laughs> notes about vermin. Niles is manic and he goes into the bathroom to splash some cold water on his face. There's a sound like a gunshot <laughs> from the bathroom. And after a moment, Niles steps out, covered from head to toe in white foam. <laughs> Asked if he's alright, Niles says that he's fine. He just feels a little hot and foamy. And then Martin says my hot and foamy must have exploded <laughs> which causes Daphne to say he was a detective you know <laughs> uh, in this state Niles phone begins ringing in his jacket pocket and he reaches in Maris uh, was sending the divorce papers as a bluff and she was shocked to see that Niles actually signed them and she offers to go into counseling and then Niles gives Frazier a celebratory hug <laughs> Wow! <laughs> all covered in his hot phone <laughs> And that is the end of that season four episode. Now we're going to jump forward several years and many changes in the relationships, but it's still a, an episode that kind of hinges on Niles and Maris. This is an episode called murder. Most Maris. And it begins with a brief recap of what happened in the previous episode. And in that episode, Niles had visited his estranged ex-wife, Maris, at her request. Her boyfriend then crashed a dinner party that Niles was hosting and punched Fraser Crane, believing him to be Niles. He was just looking for a Dr. Crane. Uh, at the end of the episode, the news reported that Maris was arrested for the murder of her lover, the Argentine polo star Esteban de Rojo. So now we enter this new episode. Martin and Fraser are gathered at Niles, Niles' house to discuss the news. Frazier is shaken up because hours before, he was punched in the face by a man now dead. Niles is called in to the police station to discuss the matter with police because they know that he met with Maris the day before. Niles notes that at lunch, they had discussed Maris' upcoming tableau vivant. <laughs> Where where Maris is going to imitate a famous painting, and Niles had lent Maris his antique crossbow for the scene. Martin says, well, that all sounds innocent enough. But then the news reports that Esteban de Rojo was killed by an antique crossbow. Martin takes Niles down to the police station and Fraser takes Daphne back to his apartment because the phone is ringing off the hook uh, with reporters calling for statements and also Daphne's mother saying that she's heard and wants to come over to comfort her, which is what causes Daphne to say, I'm going to leave now. Uh, the next morning, Niles returns to Fraser's apartment and explains that Maris and Esteban had a fight and to calm herself, she then practiced her tableau vivant pose. And then Esteban burst back into the room and surprised her. She claimed she fired the crossbow in shock. A newspaper article published that morning says Niles provided the crossbow, but it gets several other facts about the situation wrong. Niles is actually quite calm about all of this, and he's very excited to go to Daphne's doctor's appointment <laughs> and hear his baby's heartbeat. Niles, uh, later part, that day, Is that
1: the part where, where, uh, what does he say, like, uh, well, you, uh, Daphne you Daphne. know that they're gonna try to twist that into something that sounds so wrong. <laughs>
0: Well he, well, he also, like, as they're leaving for the baby appointment or the doctor appointment, Daphne says, you look very tired. You don't have to come with me. And he says, oh, I'll get plenty of sleep after the baby's yeah. born. Oh.
1: <laughs> after the baby's born. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so the next day, Niles um, meets Roz and Fraser for coffee. Lots of scenes in the show have take place in a Seattle coffee shop. Uh, he notes that the news crews have been following him around. And also, like, Maris calls him a lot more often than you think would be possible <laughs> since she's in jail um, asking for favors. <laughs> Uh, they see a news crew coming and Fraser sends Niles out the back door. And then he says, he's going to act as spokesman for the crane family. Uh, and there's all these news crews with their news cameras and microphones and he's speaking simultaneously. And at the end, he says, if there's any justice in the world, Maris crane and Niles crane will soon be executed. <laughs> he meant exonerated, but the news crews are gone before he realizes his mistake. Uh, This causes even more frenzy around Niles, but he still takes us all quite calmly and in stride. He then gets another phone call from Maris, and he says that he'll be visiting her in the morning, which causes Daphne to fly off the handle and yell at him about how he's, you know, Maris is supposed to be out of their lives. They've moved past that stage. Uh, Niles uh, uh, excuses her actions, and Martin says that Niles is really holding up well. Fraser notes that Niles is a walking pressure cooker, and he explains that during his senior year, Niles had a breakdown and ended up hugging a bag of frozen corn in a grocery store freezer bin. (laughs) Uh, Frazier warns Niles against repressing his emotions, but Niles says he just needs a bit of detachment to deal with such extreme situations. The next day, a haggard looking Niles goes into the coffee shop and sees Roz there. Niles really seems a bit on edge, but he insists that he's bearing up just fine. When he asks for a straw, the worker says, sorry, sir, that was the last one. <laughs> the, last straw. the last straw. Niles begins to loosen his tie, and he says, oh, that feels so much better. Then he loosens his collar. Oh, it was so hot. Then he takes off his shirt. Ah, oh, I was so smothered. And he begins to unbuckle his belt. The camera cuts to Roz, who is calling Fraser frantically, uh, saying that he needs to get there. Fraser arrives and finds a naked Niles sitting with his legs crossed, reading a very large newspaper. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's holding in front of him. Uh, Ross stops anyone from calling the police while Fraser, Fraser uses two aprons to clothe his brother front to back and mm-hmm. then lead him from the cafe back in Niles's home. Daphne, Martin, and Frazier are greeting Niles after a nice long nap. Maris calls and Niles finally chews her out, telling her that he is on her side, but his lovely pregnant wife, Daphne, comes first, and she needs to stop calling him for everything. Niles then also tells Daphne that she should have been a bit more supportive, and he calls Fraser Mr. Malaprop. <laughs> and he says, Martin didn't help him out enough at the police station. He kind of asserts himself in every uh, with everyone that's in the room. Yeah. He's now once again in control of himself. And then, in a credits tag scene, so in fraser every episode ends with um kelsey Grammer singing a nonsense song <laughs> over uh a silent 30 second comedy scene and in this one niles is returning two freshly dry cleaned aprons to cafe nervosa the coffee shop a worker offers him a cup of coffee and then every worker turns and offers him a straw but he shows off his new fully stocked straw carrying case <laughs> the
1: end all right so where do we go from here
0: A couple of things that I wanted to make note of. I think both of these episodes do a fantastic job of showing off one of the strengths of the series, which is just an eclectic mix of different types of humor where there'll be like some very highbrow references that uh, Niles and Frasier are just, you know, dropping names of obscure artists and other things. Uh, And, you don't have to know those artists to get a joke, uh, to get the joke. But if you do, there's often a little bit more nuance to the jokes. Um, but then there's also some really broad physical comedy, like the hot and foamy
1: yes. <laughs> exploding Aww. or an
0: aisle sitting naked in a cafe. <laughs> I,
1: um, Yeah, I also, that uh, stood out to me also, um, that it wasn't, sometimes in comedy you see the same joke or the same kinds of jokes told over and over again and uh i'm i think you're you're spot on in in recognizing that this diversity of of uh of comedy and i w- i just have to give a special nod to the physical comedy of these panic attacks that that <laughs> niles has yes. that's like top notch it's really good, and his slow kind of degeneration over that uh the 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 murder episode yeah as he just cl- like slowly becomes more and more unhinged it's pretty. <laughs> It's pretty great.
0: Yeah. Where he, like, you can tell he's putting on a brave face, uh, but the cracks are just showing more and more in every single scene.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. He's just really good at that physical comedy and kind of doing, like, that deadpan, that sort of non-reactive, I don't uh-huh. know, face at times that just... I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just... He just pulls that off so well.
1: There's not, like, straight man, funny man here.
0: No. I, I, I mean, these episodes are a little lighter on Roz and Daphne, um, and Martin. I mean, the, these are really uh, highlighting David Hyde Pierce uh, and Fraser is probably the next most prominent character sure. in these because the show is called Frasier. He's never too far away. Um, but I think if you watch other episodes, each of these characters uh, and, and uh, actors and actresses bring really unique things to these characters, like Jane Leaves, who plays Daphne, these episodes didn't have them, but sometimes she's given the most absurd monologues where she's reminiscing about her family and her life in England. (laughs) And her family is just crazy. And I do not know how Jane Leaves was able to memorize and deliver these monologues with a straight face. (laughs) And she does it over and over again in the series, but it's just another different kind of
1: comedy that the writers had in their toolbox to use. Cool. So Jim, you, so as we were discussing this, there was, um, there was some, I don't, I don't want to say debate. <laughs> uh, there was conversation about what episode should we pick of 11 years of, of pretty great shows. Mm-hmm. And you uh, you were pulling for Murder Most Maris. Is that right? And Joe, you were pulling for, uh, for the, the divorce one, the earlier one. Yes. So I'd like to hear each of you say why you chose your respective episodes. I mean, in the end, we compromised, which –
2: yeah and I think together they make a
1: nice bookend you know to each other like
2: it really does show that character arc there that's kind of fun but I just I really liked the progression of Niles in that episode you know what I mean I, I liked that he finally 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 he stands up to Maris I mean here they've been divorced for a few years he's remarried to another woman that he's always loved she's pregnant and he still is kind of kowtowing to her at times you know so I, I just love this i don't know that he finally kind of stands up to her
0: yeah and it's interesting actually it ended up as we said being a nice bookend because in the uh are you being served episode he stands up to her but it's kind of by accident <laughs> and he kind of uh he does it and then he wishes he hadn't and then it's already worked before he could take it back and then the season 11 episode is where he finally as you said, like, does the full assertion where this is coming from him and it is him uh, doing this in a way that actually lasts through the rest of the series. Well, and that's really Niles' character where he really vacillates a lot. You know
2: what I mean? You think he's finally going to be strong, he's finally going to be assertive, and he'll make a difference. Or he's finally ask out Daphne, that. or. Yeah, yeah, he's finally, oh, that, yeah. And then he just kind of pulls back, or just something happens, or he never quite takes that chance that he should, or never really, I don't know, steps up to, or stands up to someone, or, or something like that.
1: After this episode, does Maris come back?
0: Uh, there's a couple more references. I mean, she's never there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think they they deal. Uh, there's one more big episode, mm-hmm. which has another example That'll of story. a different kind of comedy, where um, she calls. Um, niles to come and reclaim a couple things from his house including a painting that he's very embarrassed of and doesn't want anyone to see yeah (laughs) and like for the whole episode it just gets described like martin sees it he's like what is that and Niles is like it's a fawn a playful figure from mythology (laughs) (laughs) and then martin's like why is your face on it (laughs) Uh, but we, we as an audience never see it and so he takes that in this case out and then um after he leaves, uh, the police start tracking his car because she has taken off her tracking bracelet, or anklet, and put it into the box the painting is in. And he oh, doesn't know this. And then she um, she runs away to her family's private island. Her yeah. family's extremely wealthy oh, yeah. <laughs> in a region that has a non extradition treaty with the US. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that is she's now out of their lives forever. But then the the big reveal at the end is the police uh, trying to find the anklet. Uh, pull out the the <laughs> painting and <laughs> turn it just as news reporters are arriving, and the audience finally gets <laughs> to see this painting of Niles oh my as a pawn. Oh my <laughs> and do you see it? Yeah, yes, yes. That's the moment the audience finally sees it. It's oh, just nice. the last okay. shot of the episode.
1: Um. So in this episode, it does i uh, so I guess my question is: Does the change in Niles that we see in the episode that we're talking about stick? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's a sim too.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's uh, his, I
0: think that other episode with Ma- uh, with Maris is the, is the very last one, the one when she, she runs away. But um, I think this is meant, I mean, they knew this was the last season of the show. And I think they deliberately incord- included this both to kind of remind the audience of Maris who had become, you know, hadn't been mentioned often at all since Niles and Daphne had gotten together, but to remind kind of a, cl- you know, call back to a classic bit of the earlier seasons of the series, sure. and then just- but also to provide a final evolution for Niles mm-hmm. and closure to that relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Joe, uh, what did you like about the, about um, are you being served? So it has two of my favorite, Moments of the series
0: are when they learn that they've been reading notes about lab rats, <laughs> and then also the reveal of the hot and foamy. <laughs> as, like just as far as like raw laughter, like that they, they elicit.
1: Oh,
2: um,
1: so it's a, as you mentioned those two things, um, we were talking about all the different kinds of comedy. The lab rats—I totally did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they they sell that really well. You think that she's writing about her two sons? Yes. Um, yeah.
0: And, and, well, and then like the it's it's another kind of like slow build of confusion on them as like when he's reading the latter the letter ones and he I, I only read what's in the journal but like after he says Niles is licking himself Niles yes. like, looks up and he says like
1: I don't remember doing that I thought it was I thought she was talking about their dogs or something yeah mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was great and then the hot and foamy thing oh my gosh when it, it's just you a hear this bang of physical comedy.
2: Oh. <laughs>
1: And it's such a classic, I mean, we, we read a play the other day, uh, a Spanish play, <laughs> uh, and, in which at the very end, a, a woman runs in a room, locks the door, and kills herself. And so, it's. I mean, it's a, it's a trope to mm-hmm. do this. And he is, he is really upset. And like we said, he sells panic, like, really, <laughs> really, really well. And he goes in, and you hear this bang like a gun. And, and
0: everyone, like Martin and Daphne and, and Fraser all freeze and Fraser's yelling, Niles! Niles!
1: <laughs> but it was just so perfectly set up with the yes. hot and foamy and the box. And I mean, that was it was a long setup for that yeah, joke through the exactly. whole episode. Exactly.
0: That was another thing is this is a really good example of Chekhov's gun being done for comedy, where like this, the punchline to the joke is introduced scenes before <laughs> it really comes up. And and uh, what Frazier, one thing that the the writers tended to do really well is um, when those setups are being done. Often it feels like the joke has already been told and it's done, and then it, it builds later on, uh-huh. and you laugh harder because it was already set up. But the setup doesn't feel necessarily like it's all set up because um, the the payoff already happens. Like with the jokes about well, right. I mean, hot and foamy itself is kind of a joke gadget name. Yeah. How did they coat him in that foam for that <laughs> That's shot? Because, so great because it, it like there's there's splatter on the door to the bathroom. <laughs> like there's splatter everywhere. So and he is really they, covered. Did they like have a blast of foam waiting behind the set? <laughs> is, it, no is it
1: done in one shot? No. Uh.
0: It, oh. So in um. You can still find this on YouTube, and I've watched it a, a couple times. But they did a, uh, I think it was a Dateline episode that was just about Frazier when it was finally going off the air after 11 years. Huh. And they asked the cast, like, you know, favorite moments, and they show, like, some of the uncut footage of. Martin and Daphne trying to get through their lines while looking at, at Niles. And when Martin says, my hot fo- foamy must have exploded. And Daphne says, he was a detective, you know. Like, they could not get through those two lines. I, they they just kept breaking over and over again.
2: I've seen that clip, too, and it's just hilarious. And and meanwhile, I'm feeling sorry for David Hyde Pierce that he's covered in his foam.
0: And they keep breaking
2: character. And, oh, yeah. I, I mean, you can't blame them for laughing. It's just It's just oh, such yeah, a funny it, scene.
0: And well, and also there's even I mean it's, it doesn't get the same kind of laugh as the reveal, but um, that Fraser's issue in this episode was wanting to be able to hug more, and then the final thing that happens yes. is Niles coated in the foam giving him a hug, and Fraser just trying hard not to recoil. <laughs> but...
1: That's the that's the other thing, and I think it takes a lot of discipline as as like a writer to tr- you know like to to trust that that's gonna and, and like have it carry through the the episode. I just. It was awesome when they, when they hugged at the very end, and it ties in perfectly with that first scene, which uh, honestly – so I've never seen any Fraser before. So there's this opening scene where he's talking on the radio, and he's doing these, this, this funny pun run, and, but the, it doesn't have anything to do with anything, it, it mm-hmm. seems. But then they're able to carry that through the episode. In, in like pretty meaningful ways in his trying to hug Niles a couple of, couple of different times. <laughs> this really awkward kind of a Sheldon Cooper hug. <laughs> yes. um, and then the, and then it's the very end. It's the very last joke is also the ver- the one that they open the show with, which is them hugging. And he's covered in foam. It's great.
0: Yeah. So one of my uh, very favorite episodes of Frazier involves them trying to buy a restaurant. Oh, <laughs> um, are we on? But yeah. But there's this opening scene where it's a similar thing where there's this bit of business that needs to be done where really they just need Niles and Frazier to talk. And any sitcom could have written like some funny dialogue and the scene would have worked fine. But when you start to analyze the episode, you realize the bit of business that they give Niles is actually tying into the theme that is being woven into every single scene of the episode, Mm -hmm. but they don't make a big deal about it. It's just there. If you choose to look at it, you see, Oh, there's a little bit more uh, union to all these scenes. Whereas a lot of uh, sitcoms have very funny scenes But if you try and tie it all together, it it doesn't quite work. And that's uh, when it's at its best, Frazier does that.
1: Cool.
2: Can I just mention, too, that I love the running joke um, in the Murder Most Maris um, where (laughs) Frazier kind of keeps bringing up, you know, when they get frustrated at him. You know, (laughs) know, let me remind you that I was just punched in the face by a man who is now dead. And then they all kind of put their heads down. (laughs) They all bow their
1: heads. Like, they bow their heads
0: in reverence, and then he says... Thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: which, which, um, I mean, that's classic Frasier that everything is happening. It, it's, for, you know, in some way it's about him yes. uh-huh. and, and how it's affecting him. Yes. And I think that's one thing that, um, some people didn't think the character transferred over very well from Cheers because the character was very egotistical. And that I think, um, the show, had a reputation for being um, kind of snobby uh-huh. and elitist, mm-hmm. uh, but the, so often this show is making fun of the snobs I and the elitists. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> like Martin, the blue-collar one, is the voice of reason pretty frequently in the show, mm-hmm. and Niles and Fraser, who are putting on airs and acting better and more informed and more intelligent, are the ones to make uh, uh, made to look more like buffoons.
1: Sure. Tell when, yeah. when, um, when uh, Niles is dealing with the the newspaper is it the newspaper and they're accusing him of murder and and freighter says i can't believe these news people there was it's like the time that they spelled my name with a z instead of an s (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: and meanwhile niles is being pulled into a murder investigation
1: (laughs) but it's all about him
0: yeah
2: if you think about that's really like a big crux of niles's character where he's always just sort of second banana to Fraser, and and you really kind of sense that that's a bit of, you know, what the insecurity is for Niles is he's never, you know, he's, he's still very smart. He's still an accomplished psychiatrist, but he's still just not quite, you know, the center of attention like Fraser always is.
0: Yes. And, and, uh, they work in the same field, but Frasier is in a public version Mm -hmm. of it and has billboards of his face all over Seattle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. And uh, there are numerous episodes that deal with the sibling rivalry in, in really fun ways. But I agree that that, uh, um, you know, being the younger brother, feeling in some ways like he's following in his brother's footsteps because they've ended up in the same careers. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, that is definitely a, kind of a, a root issue between the two of them.
1: Does does Niles do Niles and Fraser? Do they both um, are they both practicing? Like, do they have do in they the have
0: clients? L- in the last season, Frasier opens up mm-hmm. another private practice, uh, private practice, but for most of the series, he's solely doing the radio show. There is one episode where they try and open a practice together Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, does it does not go not well. well.
1: <laughs> okay. And is Niles, is he practicing? Yeah. He's a practicing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It just seemed like there wasn't a lot of work being done in these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and that
0: is not uncommon. <laughs>
1: you you kind of get the idea though, too, that Niles
2: really came into his money through Merit's.
0: You know what I mean? Oh, it's uh, it's not. A, it's pretty explicit yeah, in, through the divorce true. and other things. Like during the divorce proceedings, before uh, he ends up getting a a good settlement because he finds out a family secret about oh, Maris's family. Yeah, um, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, during it, when he's cut off from Maris's money, he has to move into a cheap hotel called the Shangri-La and he starts wearing like a button up Hawaiian shirts that he found he in, in the like closet. The
2: Metro. <laughs> he has to drive. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. He,
0: he, he's horrified. That, well, at one point, uh, I, I can't remember when, but he's like, I have to drive something called a hatchback.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Naming the
0: car after it's most unattractive feature. <laughs>
1: I thought it was interesting as I was watching this how broken all of these characters seem. Nobody's <laughs> yeah. nobody's really got it put together. Maybe Roz, she seems like she's kind of got things put together, and I, and I like I said I haven't seen everything else, so I'm assuming that she has her own set of issues. Sure.
0: Yeah, she ends up as a single mother. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and 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 like simultaneously like wants but is unable to maintain a long term relationship. Sure.
1: But you see like like Martin is I mean he's physically broken. With this this hip injury, but he's also divorced. Well, he's uh, not. He, he's is a he a not widow. divorced? He's no, he's a widow. Mm-hmm, widower. I thought he was.
0: No, he and uh, and their mom uh, had largely a, a really good relationship. Oh, okay. Uh, and mm-hmm. the, the, though the sons, uh, like the the reference is that the sons like took more after their mom. Their mom is the one that enjoyed the more high high class art things, and the dad just likes sports.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think we should point out too that there's sort of a, a trope going on there where it's the therapist that may be good, maybe like a good therapist, but their personal life, they really don't
1: have it together. You know what I yes. mean? Um, that's just, and they ca- oh, go ahead. Well, they, they try to apply principles of psychology and psychiatry to what they're, what's going on. Sure. But I mean, you see Frazier analyzing Niles, mm-hmm. But Niles doesn't see it in himself. Yeah,
2: where he has, like, those OCD qualities. Um, he has these problems with panic attacks. He, you know, I mean, he has these issues. And, and then the most glaring one is in his relationships. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I, I don't know. I think in some ways people like that because it's, it's it's almost comforting to know even this person that's supposed to have it together as as a therapist, they still have, you know, their own issues kind of thing. Uh, uh-huh. um, I know like sometimes I'll get asked, you know, y- you must just go home to your wife and, and your kids and it's all perfect. And that's i I'm like, let me have my wife come in here and tell you what I'm really like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I try and I, and I do apply the things that I learn and, and I think in some ways, you know, we're probably better than average kind of thing, but it's not that we're not without our issues. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I um, I like what you said about the characters being broken, and that's one thing that I really enjoy about the series is that um, it's not just that they're all flawed, but, like, their interpersonal relationships, each one of them is, I mean, if you go back to season one, they are so broken in how they interact with each other, and, and strained each of these relationships are, and by season 11, like, they have become a much closer unit and they really rely on each other and they've strengthened each other through this decade long run on the show and the evolution of those relationships. They really do end at much healthier and better points than where the series begins. Even, and I thought
2: this episode sort of pointed it out where even, um, Niles and Ross, they always have like a little bit of an adversarial relationship and you like it at this moment where Ross is really sort of standing up for him at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. but I agree with that. Like all the characters just kind of become a little bit nicer to each other, a little bit kinder to each other, you know, over the course of the show.
1: Um, so one question that I like to ask my students sometimes when we get to the end of a work is, um, what do you think this, like the, the creator of this work, what do you think their vision of is of happiness? It's like, how would they define happiness and, or, or like the good life. So after, I mean, we've seen these two episodes, but maybe even like a, a, in a broader arc. How would you, both of you, how do you, what do you see as like the definition of the good life according to the, uh, according to Fraser? Not what he would say, but what we see actually bear out in the show. Like the character, or like more the creators of the show. The creators of the show. So like this show, if you were to say it's a, it's a show that celebrates x or it's a show that that holds up x as the, the way that things should be or like the good life what would you say that that is
0: i would say it's um i mean the, it's gonna be a little rambling but the main evolution and the change that we see is that each character ends up being allowed to like what they like but also like other people who like different things <laughs> <laughs> and recognizing that not everyone has to like the same thing. So there's several episodes where Martin tries to drag Fraser and Niles to sporting events or where Frazier's giving gifts to Martin of things that he thinks Martin should like, but Martin doesn't really like. Um, and it's definitely a source of tension that they, they have such different tastes, but in the end, it's clear they love each other, even though they all love different things. <laughs> and, and that it's that, I think it's that recognition at the end that these differences don't prevent us from being a strong family uh, is where the show finally lands after it's eleven yeah, years
1: I would agree with so sense. would you say something like uh, the good life is found in like peaceful coexistence through the appreciation of difference and tolerance of or something like that
0: yeah but also it's about knowing what it is that you like um, and appreciating that while still having good healthy relationships with people who like completely other things. <laughs> and that's um, like the, the long form or long-term relationship of Niles and Martin demonstrates that, but also, or Fraser and Martin, but also Niles and Daphne, like they are coming from different classes and they have very different tastes for entertainment and things like that. But they find real happiness with each other. And it's one of the better relationships that gets shown on the series. What do you think, Jim?
2: Yeah, I I think you're right. Um, what I really like here is the connections or, or what I see sort of this concept of happiness is just the connection between the characters and that they can fight, but they still care about each other. You know what I mean? Um, like they're really, they're just there for each other. um, when i think of like say other shows where the characters will fight like say like everyone loves raymond where it it really just it's like wow did these people even really love each other you know it just seems so contentious (laughs) at times and on this show i never get the sense that they don't still love each other you know no matter how frustrated they get in the end they're still there for each other so you know fraser's sort of expressing concern to miles and giving him advice I mean, they still care. And even even if the other characters do things that are annoying or they make mistakes, they still got each other's back.
0: Yeah, like um, I was going to say, the the pilot episode has um, a really actually quite dramatic scene where Martin and Fraser have like a real argument fight over things. And the scene doesn't end with a joke. Like <laughs> the scene ends and it would have gone to commercial break on that heavy note. Uh, but then at the end, they both like kind of find a way to apologize and admit we need to work on this. Uh, And it's a sitcom, so there's still laughter that comes, you know, in in that moment. But the series isn't afraid to allow some of the more dramatic aspects of human interactions to be played out. And it doesn't feel the obligation to always have a punchline uh, to kind of give new comfort, because human interactions can be uncomfortable.
1: So it was episode 45 when we talked about Everybody Loves Raymond, and we discussed, I think, at length... Uh, the relationship between Frank and Marie sure. Barone yeah. and how just horrible they are to each other and kind of uncomfortable it is. And in these episodes, for sure, i never got that sense. Yeah.
0: I, like, like I said, when they, they, when Fraser and Martin have that argument in the, in the pilot, it's not the same kind of, like, it's not attacking each other. This is just like the kind of arguments that family
1: have. Whereas the Frank and Marie, it feels a little more vicious. And it's supposed um, to be funny, but, the, but when you think about it, and this is what we talked about before, when you think about it, it's like, it's kind of uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, listener Tommy had made a comment on that episode that we, you kind of have to think of uh, Frank and Marie as caricatures right. of, uh, you know, crotchy old angry couple, uh, and not as real
1: people <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> in order to like make peace with the way that they treat each other.
1: But 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 I think one of the cool things about Frasier is that you don't have to think of these people as caricatures of people; they seem like real people,
0: yes, because real people argue, yeah people who love each other argue and and have moments where they can be really frustrated with each other, uh, but ideally you you can all come back and have you know can repair whatever's happened in those moments well
2: and that's what we found in the research is really it's how people are able to resolve conflict is. Predictive of how long the relationship will last, particularly for marriage. You know what I mean? It's if they can resolve conflict and still feel loved in the end, then that marriage is on much more stable ground than that couple that just can't quite get past the conflict. They keep having it. They keep having it and it never moves
0: forward. So, but it's also not an absence of conflict. Yeah, that might
1: actually mean other issues are there. No, I think conflict <laughs> is. Me-
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. That someone's. Well, being the absence
1: of conflict would be the relationship between Niles and. Yeah, Memphis, exactly, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is which? Which is a relationship that looks like it's going swimmingly because they never fight about anything. But he's dying inside he's every day. Submissive. He's being ground yeah. down.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's interesting. I like that. And can I tell you like my
2: theory of what's kind of going on there as <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little bit of psychoanalysis here, you know, I, the other, the other image that we get here is that Niles and, and to some degree Fraser too, but they were both kind of the bullied kids back in school. You know what I mean? Like the yes. nerdy smart kids essentially. And you know, you think of a kid kind of growing up, growing up like that. Um, he was probably the kid that never really got the girl. You know what I mean? And so when he finally gets the girl later on, it's it's just kind of too scary to do anything to upset the girl because then you could lose her, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you you kind of be that wimpy kid all over again.
0: I was gonna say, Jim, I may borrow that uh, when I write about Niles. In my sure, boat. please do, it. please do. <laughs> I, will, I will give you credit. Just sign it, Mob, two thousand sixteen,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> episode <laughs> episode sixty four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think that's a really good analysis of that, because of um, in the series, they, the way it gets explained sometimes is, um, well, well, first of all, I guess it needs to be said that, like, Niles is never the one that strays, even though he's madly in love with Daphne. Like, he never actually pursues it um, during the marriage. And Maris is the one that, would you know, when they're separated, she'll wander more and these other things. But it is also implied that Niles married for the money. And has enjoyed that lifestyle, and is scared of giving that up as one of the reasons why he, you know, endures this relationship.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, but for the audience to like have sympathy for Niles and still like enjoy him as a character, it was really important that he never like actively pursued Daphne. Just pined <laughs> while while he was married to, to Maris. Just
1: pined quite a bit. Just pined from a distance. <laughs> yes, yes. It's time for uh, closing statements.
0: I just want to say one of the things I love most about Frasier, I mean, we've already mentioned that they can do different kinds of humor from broad comedy, and that David Hyde-Pierce is really a fantastic physical comedian. Um, If you do start watching Frasier, if you've watched it and you catch yourself re-watching an episode, watch for what he's doing in the background of scenes. Often it's not highlighted by the camera or anything, but he's doing something funny. (laughs) in the background silently while other characters are saying their lines um, as needed. And there's some really classic episodes uh, that involve his physical comedy. There's one called Three Valentines where the first seven minutes are a... It's a silent film. Like, no one else oh. is in the room of him just having chaos reign around him. <laughs> um, as everything that could possibly go wrong does go wrong. I mean, it ends up with pants on fire and him with a fainting from blood on his finger from a pinprick and all these other things. Um, and the scene just builds and builds and builds with physical comedy that really feels like classic Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin style comedy that we don't have the chance to to see as often anymore. So incredibly gifted. But one of my favorite kinds of comedy that they do use is that they build a 22 minute farce where they set up the chessboard in act one of every character knowing certain pieces of information and the audience actually pretty clearly knowing who knows what. And then from then on, like conversations happen and they, everyone thinks they're having, they're saying the same thing, but the audience knows two different things are being said, but the writing is strong enough that it makes perfect sense for everyone <laughs> to believe what they're believing and think what they're thinking and then act with the wrong information, uh, you know, and leave the room with the wrong information. And the the farce episodes of Frasier are really iconic and classic. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Any final thoughts, uh, Jim and Todd?
2: Oh gosh.
0: You know, I, I just,
2: just going on about Niles, I just, I like his humanness, you know, and, and all the characters, we've said this before, just feel, there's just that human quality, you know, that uh, they're somewhat relatable in a sense. Um, and it's just kind of fun to see Niles finally get the girl kind of thing um, and, and sort of be
0: happy. And in this I, case, you're talking about Daphne, not Mary. Yeah, Daphne,
2: <laughs> Daphne. Yeah, we should say, we should say, yeah, so...
0: I, I mean, I, I love all these characters, but but Niles is probably my favorite in the series.
2: Can I say too that all the um, what do you call the the like just a temporary character or whatever? Like all of those are just so hilarious. Like Daphne's mom, the, the side
0: characters, yeah, oh yeah, and the the other employees at the radio station that maybe appear in like a dozen episodes in the entire oh, series, I mean, but they they are perfect
1: every time they're on.
2: Yeah, different girlfriends that Fraser has. I mean, all those characters are just hilarious. Um, yeah they also just add so much to the show.
1: Is the guy, the guy that's at the beginning of the episode Bulldog? It, in the Bulldog. radio station,
0: <laughs> Bulldog Briscoe. Yeah. I think he's, he's he in kind of semi a regular post. Yeah. S- it, like semi-regular. He semi-regular. He's not going to be every episode. Stated,
2: I think, wouldn't you say? Yeah. In on? the middle,
0: in, in the middle years, he's gone. And then he kind of comes back uh, for a few times in the last few seasons.
1: I thought he was pretty funny. But,
0: but through the first six years, he's, you know, every second or third episode, you probably have a scene with him. And it's a really good counterpoint because Bulldog just is the sports guy who has the show right after Frasier's <laughs> <laughs> um in show.
1: Nice. Well, I thought it was a ton of fun. I'm really glad that we got to do this. And uh, I know it's been on your list for a while, Joe, so I'm glad that we got to.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is uh, probably my favorite sitcom of all time. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable saying Frazier, Frazier takes that spot. And, and I think, like, when people ask, like, favorite movie or favorite TV show, we all kind of have an amorphous list of ones that are in the running. But when asked favorite TV show, this one will always, always be one of the first I, th- I turn to. I, no,
2: I agree. This is the show I kind of keep coming back to on Netflix. You know, I just... It, it holds up really well, too. You know, it's just... It's yeah. always funny to me.
0: All right. Well, Jim, we like to ask our guests, when they're on for the first time, uh, a, a uh, dinner party question where if you could have any three to five fictional characters at a dinner party and you just sit and have a conversation with them while you're eating, who would you want to have visiting
2: in your house? Okay. So a dinner party and I can have any fictional characters I want. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I want real people. That's hard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, uh, oh gosh, I think I'd want, I don't know, maybe some of the characters from Pride and Prejudice or Oh probably some characters from, like, Star Trek. Um, specificity. We
0: need specificity, Jim. Oh,
2: I think I'd want, okay, Captain Picard from okay. Star Trek Next Gen. That's
1: a repeat for him, is it?
2: I think
0: so.
1: I think so. I think somebody oh, else really? picked
0: Picard. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember who, but someone had picked Picard, I think. Might have been Kirsta. Kirsta? Uh, previous guest. Oh, okay, show. okay. <laughs> yeah. Previous <laughs> previous My, guest is fictional character. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, gosh, I don't know. Yeah, I. Oh, that's a tough question.
0: <sighs> Sorry, it's feet to the fire. You got to pick two yeah, more, uh, okay. at least two more.
1: <laughs> two more. Um, you said Pride and Prejudice. Who would you pick from Pride and Prejudice? Now I'm going blank. What's the main sister? Mr. Collins? Elizabeth. Would you want Mr. Lizzie. Collins? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you got Lizzie. Lizzie? Yeah, I think she'd
0: just be interesting to talk to. I don't. I fully characters. agree with that. Huh? I fully agree with that choice. My daughter's named Lizzie after Lizzie Bennett.
1: Oh, uh, Jean Valjean. Oh, good choice. Oh, that's and- a really good yeah, choice. I love Valjean. I think oh, Valjean and Picard would have a lot... To, it seems like they would they have a lot of a lot. They're both French, so they'd have a lot too. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. Captain Picard, would you, French. Would, you be, uh, would you be uncomfortable? I'd, uh, I'd
2: need the international translator thing that the Star Trek people... <laughs> <laughs> And then I don't know. I, I I want someone sort of goofy or something. Like I almost want like Gilligan or something like that. Kinda, <laughs> I, you know, like, I, I like that. I like after plot. It's a good.
0: It's a good group. Okay. yeah. Yes. <laughs> so at least I'm not so the it's stupidest Gilligan, person in the Lizzie,
1: room. <laughs> it's, it's Gilligan, Lizzie, Picard, and Jean Bel. <laughs> Wow. That's a good grouping. We should
0: go back and and jot down all of our our previous (laughs) guests choices and just have them on the on the Facebook group somewhere. Awesome. All right. Well, I believe that wraps up this episode. Thank you for joining us, Jim. Thank you for having me. Do you have any social media you'd like to promote or anything else?
2: Gosh, no. I Uh,
0: no. Not that I can't. No Twitter or anything. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Jim. And thank you for listening listeners and you can subscribe to the protagonist podcast in iTunes and please leave us a review and links to the things that we've talked about in this episode are at protagonist podcast.com. And you can also find a list of all of our previous shows there. You can suggest stories or characters for us to discuss or give us any comments, corrections, or feedback by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com. And we're all on Twitter at protagonist at Todd K Mac and at Jay Dorowski and our producer Andrew is at Andrew underscore Dorowski. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonist podcast. Thank you to all who leave comments there. And if you'd like the show and want to support us, you could do that in a few different ways. We've already mentioned that you can go to patreon.com slash protagonist, or you can go to, you can go to audibletrial.com slash protagonist And receive a free download if you do that. And you can also take advantage of some great deals from Amazon by going to protagonistpodcast.com slash deals or maybe making any of your Amazon purchases. In fact, all of your Amazon purchases through protagonistpodcast.com slash Amazon. And Amazon is amazing. You can buy anything. You can buy some really expensive things there. And if you do that from com slash Amazon, we would really, really appreciate that. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. Our producer Andrew loves it when I give him those kinds of reads on uh. by final lounge.
2: Just
1: uh, Hang on. Try. I want to. I want to see if you guys can hear this. Did you hear that? Fuhrer, I believe that's what I said Fuhrer, Fuhrer That's
0: really hard That's a word I'm going to type, but try not to speak (laughs) Yeah